Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today I'd like to look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, which talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. It's amazing to me that when we walk with Christ, when our sins are confessed, and we allow God to be in control of our lives, the Holy Spirit uses the fruit of the Spirit to communicate God's love to those around us. And we become lights in darkness, and we do the will of God just by walking in the Spirit of God. And as we do that, the fruits of the Spirit shine through, and we make an impact in those around about us. Spirit, I need you, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your Global Times interview, Pastor Doug Wilson. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, do you, as a North American traveling, you've traveled quite a few times into India. This has been a part of your ministry in recent years. Do you feel, you know, you gave an example of how you were somewhat extorted uh, by local police. Do you feel the travel in has definitely taken that tone, that tone, so it's 
it's more difficult for you even as a North American to come in the country? Or are you seeing pushback from this country around the world? India is seen as almost a modern country in many ways, but it's easy for us to miss what's going on there. Do you feel that when you travel to India now? Uh, we definitely do. Um, uh, the window of opportunity seems to be uh, becoming more narrow, uh, the smaller. Uh, there may not be much time yet. And we have people crossing borders, not only in Bangladesh, but from Nepal, from uh, Pakistan, from other regions coming in, even crossing uh, a great threat to themselves. In uh, some countries, even sharing the gospel is something worthy of being put to death. And these are the kind of problems that are being faced in real time by our Christian uh, colleagues in these places, such as Bhutan, for instance, where they sneak across the border and have their children with them kind of as cover uh, to allow them to come. And if they go back with our materials, they have to smuggle them back. If they're found with those things, it would put their life in danger. To those of us in North America, again, because India has really gone on the international scene and technology and that type of thing, we are easily distracted uh, from the real need in the country of the people. But yet we hear reports from our brothers in Christ that are working there, that you work with, of their physical needs and some of the things they face. And can you talk a little bit about what you saw when you visited these sites so that people are aware of how they can continue to support our brothers and sisters uh, that are Christians who have to live in the day-to-day -day environment there? Well, we see the genius of God at work in the body of Christ because God does meet needs according to the culture and the region, according to history and according to uh, the geography. Uh, what is normal for them is not what is normal for other places. Uh, God has called them unto himself and made them part of the family of faith, and he meets their needs uh, according to his riches and glory, but according to the appropriate culture and lifestyle of the region. We see this happening. Uh, we know that many have uh, suffered greatly, and a lot, frankly, of our missionaries uh, have the need to uh, raise sums of money every month to get tuition for their children to have proper schooling that would not be infiltrated with the uh, the deceit and the lies that is found in the public system. Uh, so they eat a lot of very basic foods. They have very basic shelter for their housing. Uh, they live very humbly and uh, and it would be considered a poverty level. Uh, here in North America. Mm -hmm. But for many of them, that is normal. In the world's largest uh, democracy, uh, that is uh, a contrast between the haves and the have-nots. It's quite clear there that there are people that are benefiting from some of the economic upturn, some of the modernization, and even some of the things that are being done by the militant Hindus are actually benefiting those in the country uh, financially. Uh, the problem is that we many times take a North American approach to an Indian church. And we have to keep in mind that God has a distinctive culture 
called the indigenous church. <laughs> and that's what needs to be promoted. Uh, we cannot be exporting North American Christianity uh, into India or any of our other countries. We have many opportunities to see how that is not the best way forward. And uh, they deal with things and sharing and community among themselves, families, uh, church families that help one another. Uh, during COVID, there was a lot of sharing of resources to try to get people medical treatment. Uh, many died. Uh, many of our churches experienced uh, tragic losses of our pastors. And had it not been for our Timothy program, many of them would have had ones with no training whatsoever among their lay people. And so we thank God for that, that these things that they deal with uh, economically, uh, socially, uh, financially, uh, as far as material resources and so forth, uh, they uh, many times find ways of, of uh, meeting needs outside of actual use of money. They will barter, for instance, to find a, a way of getting things taken care of, either repairs being done or building materials or food or shelter or transportation. They will trade with others uh, on a barter system in order to meet those needs. In the Christian community, that makes a big difference in how you are able to barter and have an exchange among people that can do certain things that you can help them and they can help you outside of the use of of cash interesting i was thinking that it could almost be a foreshadowing of something we could see uh in other parts of the world oh that's for sure um and the same was true in nagpur in the central part of uh, india where we were able to have large gatherings uh and uh, a lot of training being done among our nationals there there's a three generation ministry there uh in central uh, India, uh, large uh, uh, training being done at the seminary level, as well as among youth and children, and then also in the local churches, going and, and preaching and teaching and ministering there. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, there is uh, there are meetings going on uh, this week and through the first week of uh, December, uh, having to do with having a large scale meeting as many as 1,300 Indian nationals that are asking uh, if I would be willing to teach them for about three or four days on putting Christ at the center of their local churches once again. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we continue to ask that you would continue to support our ministry. This month, we're offering the booklet entitled, He Did This Just For You by Max Licato. This is a wonderful booklet, I believe, for the beginning of the year. Uh, it's basically a booklet that talks about what Christ did on the cross and the fact that he died for our sins and took our place and gives new life and, and wants to have a relationship with each one of us. And that's really described very well in this booklet. And I thought since it's the first, um, first month of the year that this would be a good booklet to have to share with friends just to be encouraged and be blessed by the gospel once again. And it might give us a fresh start for the year to, th to see how we could share the gospel throughout the year. 
to, uh, to reach people for Christ. And so I highly recommend this booklet. I think it'll really be a wonderful encouragement to each of us who are believers in Christ, but also it'll be a tremendous blessing to those who uh, receive this from you. So it's an evangelistic tool that uh, you can use. This month we're offering this booklet entitled, He Did This Just For You. Uh, to order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco and is entitled, Reasons for Christian Rejoicing. Printed copies are available upon request. Let me first extend best wishes for God's blessing on each listener during this new year. Today, let me share with you from Psalm 33 under the topic, Reasons for Christian Rejoicing. Gladness and joyful song and worship is particularly the domain of Christianity. Psalm 33 gives some reasons for this. In the previous psalm, Psalm 32, King David had experienced the deep forgiveness of God for his wickedness. His repentance had been deep and yet simple. He did not climb hundreds of steps on his knees or beat himself with whips. Forgiveness doesn't come that way. But rather, in Psalm 32 and 5, David said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Confession brought forgiveness. David admitted his sins and asked for forgiveness, and God forgave him. That forgiveness was real and deep, for the heavy burden of his guilt was graciously and completely lifted. We know this from the words that he wrote in Psalm 33, for they followed that experience. Let me read some of these verses. Psalm 33, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with psaltery, an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. 
What gracious words these are! David's heart just seemed to burst forth with song when he experienced forgiveness. He not only praised the Lord, but he wanted others to do so as well. Now, we know a lot more about the cost of forgiveness than David did. We know that God had to send his own son Jesus to earth. We know that Jesus had to suffer the awful death of the cross to pay for man's sin. How much more, then, we as Christians should rejoice in the Lord, since we now know that God's grace cost his Son, the Lord Jesus, all that suffering, and we are forgiven through his sacrifice. But there are more reasons for, for Christians to rejoice other than God's forgiveness, great as that is. David names some of them in this psalm, and they're valid for believers today. Let us take a moment to look at it then. We read in verse 1 that David implores believers to rejoice, to sing, to praise. And then he says, for, in verse 4. So here is the first reason. For the word of the Lord is right. David said we can praise God, we can rejoice, we can uh, sing for joy because God has given us his word, the Bible. King David called the Old Testament books of his day, many which were still to be written, but the Pentateuch was written, and perhaps one or two others, he called them the word of the Lord, God's word. Think of it. The God of heaven has spoken to our world, and the Bible is his holy word. King David had no hesitation calling the Bible the word of the Lord, and he urges people to rejoice, to sing, to praise God, for the scriptures. The Bible itself claims to be the word of God. Hundreds and hundreds of times uh, the book records words such as, and God said, or the word of the Lord came, or God said. This book then, the Bible, is not some collection of human writings only, but rather God's word, because the Holy Spirit of God moved men to record what he wanted. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible is God's word, written by men, but inspired by God's Holy Spirit. The writer of the book of Hebrews says the same thing. Hebrews 1 and 1, it says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. The writer declares then that the word spoken by Israel's prophets was God's word. That's the written word. It tells of the coming of Jesus Christ, who was God's Son, and he's called the living word. So God has spoken to our world in the pages of Holy Scripture, the written word, and through his Son, the Lord Jesus, the living word. The apostle Peter believed and wrote, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 1 Peter 1. He not only declares the Bible to be God's word, but he says in 2 Peter 1, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
Peter then says the Bible is not only God's word, but it is precious. He says it is of the greatest value. It is to be prized above all other books. It is precious, the word of God. Recently, I read an account of the Wycliffe Bible Translators, an organization dedicated to translating uh, God's word into every language group of the world. I don't know, something over 8,000 perhaps different languages. At any rate, this particular account was one recently of a group of people in Southwest Asia. Translators had worked for years and finally had printed copies of the Bible in this particular language. On the day the Bibles were to be given out, people had come for miles around. There was singing, there was clapping, there was rejoicing, there was weeping as the people received God's word in their language for the first time ever. How grateful they were, and how moved they were, and how they prized this precious book, which tells of a God of love sending his own son to redeem lost mankind. The people of that tribe were doing what David said, rejoicing, praising, singing, because God has given his word. I venture to say that most of us today have a copy of that same Bible. But do we really prize it by reading it? Do we get excited about it like the tribal people did and like David did? Perhaps this year we all could determine to treat the Bible more as God's Word and spend quality time reading, studying, memorizing, and sharing this precious Word. What a blessing that could be! For the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. It is through God's word that we can withstand temptation, and that we can learn more of God's ways and more of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. God promises to bless us, to strengthen us, to teach us, as we open the pages of Holy Scripture. Then secondly, David says, for the word of the Lord is right. So we are not only to rejoice that God has given us his word, but also because that word is right. It is the truth. David indicates this in some important areas. First, he says, God's revelation about himself is right. For he says, the word of the Lord is right. So David is saying God's word is right first about God. He exists. There is a God. There is a Lord. And he is real. Scripture says the fool hath said in his heart there is no God. Psalm 53. It's foolish to think that everything we are and see and know in this world just happened. No, there is a God. In the beginning, God created Genesis 1 and 1. The scriptures declare there is a God, and the scriptures are right. But what is God like? Verse 5 says, He. So God is, is, is a person. He is alive. He's not just some mysterious force that moves in the world. He loveth righteousness and judgment or justice, and the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So God is here using David to reveal truth about himself. He loveth. God is a loving God. He is righteous. He is just. He is good. 
God's word is right about the revelations of God himself. Then God's word is right about creation. Verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. David declares by inspiration of God that the heavens were made. They didn't just happen by some chance cosmic explosion. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 says. Much scientific debate surrounds the question of the origin of the universe and life, with the evolutionary theory being prominent. But there are many, many distinguished scientists that wholeheartedly believe the Bible account. Dr. Howard Kelly, former professor of John Hopkins University, wrote an article some years ago now entitled, I am a scientist and a believer. He said, quote, I have within the past 20 years of my life come out of uncertainty and doubt into a faith which is an absolute dominating conviction of the truth. I now believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God." Unquote. Dr. William Ramsey, a young English archaeologist many years ago, went to Asia Minor to prove the history of the book of Acts to be false. His life work convinced him of the total reliability of Scripture and he became a believer in Jesus Christ and wrote many important books on archaeology. There are many scientists of our day who would declare with David, the word of the Lord is right. The Bible also identifies a major problem with mankind. Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Although there is much beauty in God's word, there are also major problems, hatred, war, disease, crime. Something is amiss in a world that God created and pronounced good. That problem was not of God's making, it was of man's doing. Adam by disobedience sinned and passed on a sinful nature to all mankind, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. This is why there is hatred and fraud and murder. Man is a sinner, and as history proves, he's incapable of changing his own nature. As we look around the world with terrorism, suicide bombings, and increasing immorality, it's not difficult to believe the word of the Lord is right concerning man's depravity. The Bible wonderfully reveals a loving God who provides a total and complete salvation for mankind. 1 Corinthians says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And Acts 16, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Millions of people today can say the word of the Lord is right concerning sin, my sin, and concerning the Savior, for I have found forgiveness and reconciliation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you come and by faith invite Christ to come and forgive you and in spirit experience today that the word of the Lord is right? You will then be able to rejoice and to praise God, I trust you will.
uh, we have this booklet that I'm highly recommending for this month. It's the first month of the year, and uh, it's called He Did This Just For You. It's really an evangelistic booklet that Max Lucado has written, and we trust that you will write in and uh, get your copy. One of the things that we're concerned about here at Cannes National Bible Hour is not only that people will continue to be challenged and grow in their faith and be encouraged, but also that those who listen to our broadcast would come to a, a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that they would be born again. He loves you. He loves all of us. And he wants us all to come to repentance. He wants all of us to have a relationship with him. And can, you can do that by asking him to come into your life, confessing your sins to him. That's exactly what I did years and years ago. And since that time, my life has been totally changed, and I'm sure yours will be too. You can get the booklet by Max Licato. Uh, he did this just for you by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also listen to past broadcasts of Canada's National Bible Hour on our website at missiongo.org. M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. And we also have a 24-hour Christian radio station, which has some of the great hymns of the faith and really good preaching on that 24-7 at missiongo-radio.org. missiongo-radio.org. 